Welcome to my podcast, Mike Cohen with you, and always a pleasure to speak to constituents of mine uh, in my city council role, District 2. And today, somebody I've known for well over 25 years now uh, is Marcy Brock. Uh, Marcy is the Director of Communications for the Foundation for Genocide Education. And welcome, Marcy. Hi, thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. Love being here. Well, it's great having you. And first of all, why don't you describe to our viewers, what is the Foundation for Genocide Education? Well, the Foundation for Genocide Education is the creation of one person, Heidi Berger, who was um, a former uh, professor of communications at Concordia University and a video producer, and also the daughter of Holocaust survivors. Um, she was going to schools, high schools, like her mother did years ago, telling her mother's story of survival during the Holocaust. Both her parents survived. And while going to schools, she noticed that students really were not, uh, had not really learned anything, not only about the Holocaust, but about genocide, not even knowing what the definition was. She was sort of shocked. And a lot of the teachers were telling her, Heidi, you got to do something about this. Well, Heidi's a big dreamer, and she said, I can't go to all the schools one by one. I'm going to go right to the top. That's what her mother always said to do. So she said I'm, she, she created this foundation with the express aim of making genocide education compulsory in uh, schools across Quebec and then eventually across Canada. We haven't gotten to the compulsory part, but we are on the way with the uh, with this, well, I'll talk about later, this uh, guide on teaching genocide that's just been launched to be available in all schools, in uh, high schools in Quebec. So Marcy, how long have you been involved and how did that all come about that you became communications <laughs> director uh, of the foundation? Well, I have no background, Mike, really in um, in genocide, in education, although I've had, I had two aunts who were uh, teachers and principals, so I guess education is in my family. It was really um, the result of me looking for some part-time work and I happened to come across this appeal by Heidi for someone to help her when she was starting in 2014. She just started the foundation and needed someone to help her and put out a call through OMETS with the with Federation. And I answered the call. Actually, the funny story is that I thought originally that the uh, foundation was, the, it was, it was a different name, it was called the uh, foundation for the study of uh, compulsory study of genocides in schools and I thought it was something about the genocide project when I looked it up and that was about the Armenian genocide and I thought that was interesting and it turned out it was a pan genocide really about all genocides so uh, I met with Heidi she took a chance on me because I'd worked I have quite a few years of experience in nonprofits as a volunteer and uh, I also write so we started working together and since then it's expanded. We have many volunteers. We have a, a bigger staff. And I've been with her for, um, what is it now? Eight years. Uh, eight years. Yep. It's a, it's impressive. So what, what do you focus most of your attention on in this job? My attention, I mean, as I was telling you before we went on air, is uh, we sort of all have to, in a small organization, wear many hats. I've been administ administrator, office administrator, uh, as well as doing communications. My forte really is communications, which means supervising everything that comes out from our organization, whether it's outreach to other organizations, to other governments, because we do talk to governments and collaborate with them to promote genocide education. 
It involves working on presentations, which is another aspect of our foundation school presentations. It involves uh, audio uh, presentation to audiences. It involves working with PR agencies. So every aspect that's to promote the brand of our foundation and, and, and show what, how it's set apart from other organizations, which is a question we get all the time. So this week you unveiled a very, very impressive education guide. How long did that take to put that guide together? Right, well, first off, just to clarify, we are more what I'd call um, initiators and promoters of genocide education. We don't actually, we aren't educators and we don't write these, uh, the, we didn't write the guide. We you were the, well, we didn't put it together. We were the, we, we've approached the government for a number of years trying to get them to have something more in the schools. And the government engaged and hired two researchers who they've worked with before, um, okay. Sabrina Hirsch, uh, Sabrina Massin and um, Sivan Hirsch, who work at the University of Trois-Rivières and the University of Sherbrooke and are well-regarded pedagogical experts in Holocaust studies to write this guide. So they've written things about genocide and the Holocaust before, and they are the ones that um, wrote this guide with the help of a large team and with community leaders because there's nine recognized genocides in this guide so uh what's the link so does it come under your umbrella like you you because uh, it was introduced this week well what's the link between your foundation and, and the and the study okay the glad you asked well besides being the what we call like the the moving force behind all of this because none of this would have happened had we not been speaking to the government and then they decided okay we'll do something about this uh our link was using heidi's expertise in video production, we produced uh, not only a promotional video to explain to the public and to the teachers why it's important to learn about past genocides and uh, how the guide will accomplish this. We also produced an instructional video that's going to it's intended for educators to show them how to use the guide so they don't have to use all of it. They can customize parts of it because we know that teachers don't have the time to go through nine genocides. They want to take bits and pieces and adapt yeah. it to their class. And as well, we also, most importantly, I feel is we produced video uh, testimonials of survivors and children of survivors that accompany each uh, genocide, like two, two minute, three minute short videos interviewing the survivors. Yeah. So that's really our connection. We really were the I guess I guess the promoters of this yeah. and 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 the illustrators of, of the concepts. Yeah, it's it's very. I, I the teacher's guide was fantastic. I mean, I went through it myself. It was just such a kind of interesting video to watch. Just really uh, user friendly, and uh, and mm -hmm. I appreciated it. So so this week I was on a call with you, and of course it, one of the one of the few positives of COVID is that we've learned how we can have uh, seminars and sessions via Zoom or via Teams. Mm -hmm. So we did this virtual presentation on the Holocaust uh, you had uh, organized. And the great, you know, unlike in person, we were able to have multiple schools, multiple classes on at the same time. Mm -hmm. And you had uh, uh, someone talk about her mom who was a survivor of the Holocaust. And uh, and so uh, Marcy, this, uh, I, I, I think as you move forward, it looks like you're getting a very good response from the schools, from the teachers. Would you say that's the case, especially in right now? Oh, absolutely. But one thing I hadn't gone through was, you know, Heidi went to schools initially 
with her presentation that she put together based on her mother's video. I remember, yes. Right. So from that, we've now expanded to eight different presenters, five from the Holocaust and three from other genocides, including one that just um, a granddaughter of Armenian survivors from the Armenian genocide. So we actually write, we work with the presenters to produce the presentations that that incorporate images and video clips and uh, other material in historical context. So yeah. it's it's really a pre presentation, as you saw online, that can be adapted online and mostly in person. So we've had a fantastic reaction. We have a school presentation coordinator, Janie Halleckman, who's coordinated with so many schools, done outreach to get interest, and we've we've done almost 36 presentations this year, mostly. Yeah mostly in person because the teachers really appreciate it in person the reaction is incredible in person the kids all come up on stage afterwards they take a photo with the presenter they come up and ask questions they give a hug whatever but online it's been amazing during uh, covid it's we expanded our base we now we have schools in ottawa who were doing that we're doing the presentations for and it's true you're right we can do multiple schools this was a special presentation for yamashoa so yeah. we worked with the MSB to incorporate, uh, I think there were three schools, plus a whole bunch of uh, spiritual animators who saw this presentation and will bring it to their schools next year. So it's just expanding and expanding. And the reaction, we get letters from teachers afterwards yeah. saying that they've never seen such a good presentation. And it does, uh, genocide does fit into certain existing courses, Marcy. That's something right. that uh, it's not a compulsory course, but teachers have the option to include it in certain subjects well in the secondary five course contemporary world there is a section under um i think it's under uh, justice or something or something like that about genocide but honestly it's a couple of paragraphs so it is part of a curriculum and it's also mentioned i think in secondary two when they discuss second world war but very briefly and honestly it's towards the end of the year and a lot of teachers have told us that we didn't have time for it and we just sort of skipped over it or told the kids to do their own research which is unacceptable although i have to say there are teachers that take this on and and do a whole course themselves but there's it's scattered you know and they, and they have to do all the searching for the resources themselves so this is where we really feel it fits in to expand upon the section on genocide as well what's great about the guide is that it can be adapted to teachers in ethics because there are a lot of ethical questions that can be used and uh, believe it or not english is a second language most of our presentations have been requests of teachers who are teaching english to french students in french schools so they have we have they have us come in and do this presentation in english and they have more leeway in terms of what they can be teaching. So they might right. incorporate literature into it and then have the us come in as a presentation. Yeah. So my final question, and we were talking about this off air, was, um, you know, we're seeing what's going on in the Ukraine. It's just horrible to watch. But for a lot of people, uh, mm -hmm. because it's on CNN and, and every other station, like you can see it over, you know, it's being called a genocide by the United States president. It's being called a genocide now. The the, the uh, government of Canada unanimously adopted it. So I know it's not officially a genocide, but the topic of Ukraine, I think it makes the whole subject matter that you're doing perhaps mm -hmm. more relevant to today's youth because they're seeing something before their very eyes, again, that's being categorized as a genocide by world leaders. True, and that's an important point because when we talk about learning about the history of genocide, it sounds so dry and it's just a historical 
um, learning about historical facts and what does genocide have to do with us today? It's something that happened 100 years ago, 50 years ago. But this goes to show you that it's happening right now. And we can't hope to understand what's going on or to define what's going on unless we have prior cases and understand the stages that lead to a genocide, which is very similar. So learning about this right now is so relevant. And the point of the guide is to bring up discussions about what's happening in the world today. So it couldn't be more relevant, I feel. All right. Well, that's terrific, Marcy. And I'll put the uh, the the link to the uh, your foundation in the description of our podcast. Thanks for joining me and keep up the great work. Thanks. And can I make one plug? For please go ahead. Sure. We're having an event with Alicia Wiesel coming up on May the 12th oh. at the Beth Israel Beth Aaron Synagogue. Um, Alicia is the son of Ellie Wiesel. The evening is called Paying It Forward, an evening with um, Alicia Wiesel. It's in person because he insisted on being in person. Uh, tickets are available on our website, a link to the tickets. So if anyone would like to come and hear Alicia speak, along with a message from um, Professor Erwin Kotler, our special envoy on anti-Semitism in Canada, we'd uh, welcome everyone to come. Okay, the terrific. The topic will be fascinating. Terrific, sounds very, very interesting. Okay, Marcy, thanks again. Okay, thanks, Mike, and I'll see you around, eh? You got it, you, you will, <laughs> indeed, indeed. Marcy okay. Brock has been my guest.